0: Welcome to Have Hope, We'll Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson, and this last week, we started a conversation on Instagram about singleness. If we've not connected yet on Instagram, pop on over. I'm at Katie Axelson. My goal is always to help you encounter Jesus, with me, which means on Instagram, you will find encouraging things, you'll find practical tips, you'll also find Wacky Wednesday stories, quotes, miscellaneous house projects. You know, sometimes I like to make fun of the Minnesotans. Last week, what was on my mind was singleness. And we can all be single for a lot of different reasons, some of them by choice, some of them not so much. And sometimes we like our singleness, and sometimes we don't. So here's what happened my insurance company sent out a resource to help us all be healthier. Okay, let's stop and remember that we do not get medical advice from insurance companies. We get medical advice from healthcare providers who then bill the insurance companies. So while the insurance companies pay for our healthcare, They are not our go-to resource for healthy advice. This is not something I thought through when I started filling out the little survey that they sent me and it was a simple survey. It asked me like my height and my weight and it had just a very, very few number of questions. It didn't ask me for any diagnoses. It didn't ask for the fact that I am injured. It didn't ask any mental health questions. And then it gave me an estimated age based on my responses and some practical tips. Now, my Wii Fit used to give me these kinds of results too, so I know to take them with a healthy dose of doubt. But I'm also open to suggestions on how to live healthier. So hey, let's see what this, this little survey from my insurance offers me. Well, the survey aged me almost a decade. Apparently, ranking myself 4 out of 5 on a lot of different things wasn't good enough. Insurance wants a top 5 out of 5. So the suggestions it gave me were things like eat healthier, work out more, and then the reason that caused me to stop reading, it said, be in a committed, long-lasting relationship. Can we please note, the question was, are you married or are you single? The question was not, do you feel like you have a good support system? The question was not, do you feel like you have meaningful relationships in your life? The question was not, do you live alone? The question was, are you married or are you single? Come on, insurance company, do better. Now, disclaimer, I do actually like my insurance company. They've done some really awesome things through the pandemic. I've got great rates and phenomenal coverage. This is not a resource I'm going to be utilizing going forward. As I tried to process this painful thing that my insurance company had the nerve to say to me, I started a little survey on Instagram because what insurance said to me probably wasn't good for my mental health, but the damage was done. So now how do I turn this harmful thing into something good? And I'm a little incredibly formal, much better than my insurance survey on Instagram, I asked some questions. And here's what I learned. Most people, both single and married, feel like they have meaningful relationships in their lives. Most singles feel like society doesn't embrace them and their singleness. Insurance company evidence A, telling me to get married to be healthier. So, here's the problem. Well, one of many problems. If society doesn't embrace our singleness, maybe it's because there's not a lot of conversation about singleness. But who's supposed to talk about singleness? The singles don't feel like they have space and a voice. They can't give dating tips or advice because, well, it's not worked for them. I personally feel this. Never mind, I'm also certified to do premarital counseling. But the marrieds can't talk about singleness either because they're not single. Sure, at some point they were single a lot of them think that that qualifies them to talk about singleness, but here's the deal. Being single at 20 is a totally different game than being single at 24. Being single at 24 is a totally different game than being single at 30. Reflecting on your time as a single adult with a ring on your finger gives you a totally different perspective. It's like reading the Old Testament, knowing Jesus is the Messiah. Your perspective is different. That doesn't mean it's invalid, but it's incomplete. So today we're going to talk about singleness, and we're going to talk about it as a single adult. In case you don't know me personally, because we're not friends on Instagram, at Katie Axelson, just one more reminder, I'm 30, and I'm single, never married. I've never even been in a committed relationship but my dating history is not part of the conversation, although you will get to hear some crazy dating stories as we continue to chat. But we're gonna talk about singleness today. We're gonna talk about it in two different sections. First, I'm gonna talk to the singles because let's admit this is hard and let's be in it together. And then I'm gonna talk to the marrieds because you guys seem to be the majority. And I'm gonna chat with you about what it's like to be single and how you can love your single friends well. Because chances are you know someone who is single. And while everything that I share today, they may not experience, I bet something resonates with them. And if nothing else, this episode can be a conversation starter with the singles in your life. Oh, and spoiler alert, the solution to singleness is not just to get us all married. So, singles. That little informal Instagram poll and a lot of real life conversations I've had with people always bring up the hurt and the pain and the agony that being a single adult can be. It's not always this way, but being single, especially as you reach 30, 40, further, it raises a lot of questions. You spend a lot of time attending weddings alone and you sit there going, am I not good enough? Will I always be alone? What if I never get married? How am I gonna make ends meet? What's wrong with me? I was having an emotional day And I was wrestling with that last question with a friend who's also a therapist. And I knew she'd be honest with me. And I said, seriously, just tell me what's wrong with me. And she didn't blink. She said, I didn't get married until 35. What's wrong with me? And I backpedaled a little bit. And I said, well, I'm sure there are exceptions. And then I pointed to a mutual friend that we all know has some mental health challenges that she is not addressing. And I said, clearly something's wrong with her. And my therapist friend smiled at me, and she said, those are the exceptions. Because she's right. Being single doesn't mean that we're broken. It doesn't mean we're less than. It doesn't mean something's wrong with us. It does feel a little bit like being the last picked in gym class. And as I sit here thinking about you, my single friends, I want you to know you're not alone. You might be sheltered at home alone. You might be trying to make ends meet alone. But you are not alone because you matter and you have meaningful relationships in your life and don't let your insurance company tell you otherwise. You get to compile your own list of practical things that marrieds can do to love you well, because singleness hurts. It's painful. It's hard to wake up every day alone. I live alone, which means I have not had physical contact with another human being since June 18th, because I live alone and we're in a pandemic. And it's not safe for me to be in physical contact with any of the people I normally hug. I can't just pick and choose some other household and be part of their household. I bring in a totally different set of germs. So I'm alone, without physical contact. At 30 years old, I spent 13 weeks with my parents, gainfully employed, owning my own home, quarantining with them because I live alone. And 13 weeks alone is not a healthy choice for anyone. Maybe not anyone. Let's not use absolutes. It's probably could be a healthy choice for someone. Definitely not me. It's painful. And we can admit that. And we can journey through this together. Recognizing there is no easy solution. Marrying everyone is not the solution. Being alone forever is not the solution. Sometimes the solution is sitting in the pain with somebody else. And having a hard conversation. And I'm so grateful for the hard conversations I got to have this week on Instagram. And I know I'm going to continue to have. Because this is hard. There's no shame in admitting that. There's no shame in admitting that there are projects you cannot complete by yourself. There's no shame in admitting that you need help. You cannot do it all alone. You cannot do it all by yourself. So my only piece of advice, fellow singles, is to let the marrieds of your life love you well. And to admit that you're not always okay. Emily talked about that in our last episode. It's okay not to be okay sometimes. It's okay to say my singleness hurts. It's okay to say I need your help hanging this picture because I can't hang it straight by myself. All right, marrieds. Thank you for sitting through our single support group. I hope you learned something. And keep in mind that I sit through a lot of sermons and read through a lot of book chapters that talk about marrieds, and then add the singles on at the end kind of like we're an afterthought or like they're not really sure what to do with us it's normal so I'm glad you got to experience that just a few minutes ago now let's talk a little bit more practical first of all it is not helpful most of the things that you say I'm just going to lay it out here Telling us that you wish you had the freedom that we have doesn't help. Yes, we understand that sometimes singleness is a gift. I will be the first to admit that there have been things I've done in my life that I would not have gotten to do if I was married and had children. But it's also really, really hard. Singleness hurts. It's not a gift of freedom. It's pain. And one of the things that you can do to help with that pain is to check in on us. See how we're doing. Especially those of us who live alone and it's a pandemic. Remind us that you love us. Remind us that we matter to you. Remind us that you care about us. Help us make decisions. Be a soundboard for us. We don't have another set of ears at home. You don't have to tell us what to do. But listen to our thoughts and our concerns. I put new carpet in my house this week. I could have picked carpet on my own. But to just hear a second opinion is helpful. There are some tasks that require two people. There is literally a door in a box in my garage right now that's going to have to stay there until someone comes over to help me move it. I cannot move it by myself, partly because I'm not strong enough, but partly because the box literally says use two people to move. I'm one person. No one else lives here. I have to use my guests for tasks like this as much as I don't want to, as much as I just want to have them over for dinner. Anytime I have someone over for dinner, I think through what two people projects do I have now that this person could help me with? So a great way that you can love your single friends well is to offer to help with those tasks. Last December, my Christmas tree was up in the corner, but it didn't have any ornaments on it because who really wants to decorate their Christmas tree alone? And my friend Tanya came over for dinner. Tanya and I were not particularly close, This was the first time she'd been in my house, and I have never been to her house. But I said, hey, Tanya, will you decorate my Christmas tree with me so I don't have to decorate it alone? And we made a memory together. And that tree turned out way prettier than it would have if I'd have done it myself. A couple months later, once the tree got put away, the furniture wasn't all back to its normal spot yet. And Taylor and Sarah came over for dinner. And I gave them a tour of my house, and I happened to mention this chair goes in the living room, but I haven't moved it back there yet. And Taylor said, well, why don't I grab it right now? And so he did. He moved my furniture for me because he knew I couldn't do it myself. And he was glad to help. Or there's my friend Terry. Terry is always taking care of my car, of my house, of me. Whatever I need, I know Terry's got my back. When I was gone for 13 weeks, my house was empty. And Terry came to check on it to make sure everything was okay. And he was so thorough in the way that he checked on it. If you don't live in the Midwest, you might not know that we play a game with ourselves of how long can I go before I have to turn the heat on. We wrap up in blankets, we wear a million layers, we don't want to give in because we know there's a long winter coming. And I had gotten to the point where my house was so cold that since I was having guests over, I decided I needed to turn on the heat. But I didn't think through this a day or two in advance because when you turn on heat for the first time, it smells. Terry was the first of my friends to arrive for dinner that night. And I apologized for the smell of the house. I said, I just turned my heat on finally. And he goes, you just bought this house this summer, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you've never used the heat in this house before, have you? And I said, no. And I was cooking something on the stove and I turned around and Terry's gone. And I was like, where'd you go? He had run down the stairs to check on my furnace because I was using it for the first time. Guys, my furnace is not easily accessible. He had made his way around my stuff and to the utility closet so he could check on my furnace for me to make sure that it was running properly and that I wasn't going to have any issues with it. He checked the filter. He made a recommendation. He took care of me. He loved me well. Now, these were all stories of times when I've had people over for dinner. But I want to remind you that I'm a single adult, which means I eat 21 meals a week alone. 21. Maybe when we're not in a pandemic, you can invite your single adult friend over for dinner. Maybe even though we're in a pandemic, you can find a safe way to follow local guidance to share a meal together. Maybe that 21 doesn't have to be 21. I've got some friends who live on the other side of town and they have said, if you're ever on this side of town and it's meal time, come on over. There's always enough food. There's always room for one more. And so I have. And sometimes I show up at dinner time, and they feed me. And sometimes I show up and they are going so many different directions that there's not dinner served that night. To which they say, help yourself to the fridge. They send me home with leftovers. There was one day I showed up and the wife was making a casserole. Actually, she was making two casseroles. Because she said, we're going to eat one for lunch now, but I'm going to send the other one home with you. They love me well. However... Sometimes social gatherings are one of those things that's hard as a single adult. Holidays are hard as a single adult. My family lives six hours from here. I can't drive six hours home for every holiday. So what do I do for Easter? What do I do for Fourth of July? What do I do for those holidays that aren't worth the travel time? Sometimes I spend them alone. And sometimes somebody has been gracious enough to recognize I'm gonna be by myself, And so they go out of their way to invite me, and they bring me into the fold of their family. They love me well. But it's still awkward. Because I'm 30. Their kids are teenagers. Which means they're in their 50s. Where do I hang out? I don't have anything to contribute to a conversation about my kids and their school. I don't have anything to contribute to a conversation about colonoscopies. Not that we really had that conversation at a party, oh yes we did, on New Year's Eve. I don't have anything to contribute to a conversation about what would happen to my kids if something happened to my husband and I. Because, oh, I don't even have a husband. Or one time we were playing a game and a daughter said to her dad, we're going to play boys versus girls. And the dad said, we could play kids versus old people. And I looked at him and I said, then which team am I on? That's what singleness looks like. Which team am I on? I've already said it a couple of times. The solution... To not knowing what to deal with singles is not to get us all married. So please stop asking if there's someone special in my life. If I have that kind of information and I want to share it, I will. But since we're here, let me tell you what dating in your 30s is like. For the most part, there are two different kinds of people you meet when you're dating in your 30s. There's the 35-year-old who is divorced with two kids, Or there's the 28 year old who just decided that undergraduate is a good idea and he lives in his parents' basement. Which team am I on? I've got a master's degree and I own my house. Single, never married. Neither of those two options are what I'm looking for. Will you just have to compromise and lower your standards? No, that's not healthy. There are elements of what I would love in a relationship that I may need to let go of. But there are also expectations that I need to have that my husband be a man of God who's going to love and lead me well. Those are not expectations I can compromise on. With that said, if you're going to tell me that you are praying for my husband, you need to be careful. Because first of all, telling me that you're praying for my husband can only enforce that you're broken, therefore your husband needs as much prayer as he can get mindset. That's not healthy. But it can also be done in a really loving way. I remember one particular conversation with a friend who is a man who's quite a bit older than I am who is married I love his wife he and I obviously don't talk about my singleness very often it's not appropriate but it came up one day and he said hey I just want you to know that I pray for your husband and then he called out the kind of man of God that my husband is going to be and he didn't tell me I need to put myself out there he didn't give me any relationship advice he sat with me in the mess and spoke beauty over my pain. And while we're here talking about dating, did you know it is okay to be a matchmaker? Don't just tell me you're a great matchmaker. Don't just tell me that everyone that you hang out with always gets married when you're already married. Don't just tell me that everyone who's ever lived in this bedroom has, gotten, has moved out because they're getting married. Show me. That you're a great matchmaker. If it's okay with me, hook me up with someone that you know and you think we would be a good fit. Don't just give my number to someone who happens to be within five years of my age and is also single. That's not helpful. Also, in case we haven't laid down this fact yet, I'm 30. And I've already told you that multiple times. And I'm not going to go re-record the podcast. But by the time you're listening to this, I'm 31. Which means those dishes those pots and pans that I bought for college 10 years ago have seen quite a bit of wear and tear. They're the pots and pans I learned to cook in. We can all admit that it was not always easy to learn to cook and we have all made some terrible kitchen mistakes. Mine are still the pots and pans I use every day because I'm supposed to replace them when I get married. But that hasn't happened. So I've got 10 year old pots and pans, 10 year old dishes, 10 year old dish towels. Sure. I can go buy these things for myself. Most women my age have had their entire kitchen stocked by someone else. I was at the house of a couple who had just gotten married. And they got married later in life as well. They were in their 30s. And I pointed out a piece on the wall. And I said, that's really cute. And she stopped and she looked at me and she said, don't take this the wrong way. And I said, okay. She goes, that's one of the really nice things about getting married you can put things on your wedding registry that you would never buy yourself because other people will buy them for you and she goes and because we got married in our 30s we already had most kitchen things so maybe someday i'll get to list a lot of fun stuff on a wedding registry and one time i bemoaned that i was missing this rite of passage on facebook and all of my other single friends said yes me too and we had a single shower you can do this social distancing we did not even get together We all spent like 20 bucks to different friends so they could go buy something for themselves that they wouldn't ordinarily buy. I bought a new set of Pyrex because my old set was all cracked and I only had half the lids. These things happen in my kitchen too, so you can buy householdy things for singles. Or you can bless them with a little bit of a gift and say, go buy something for yourself that you wouldn't normally buy. Now, as we talk about singleness, Recognize that not everyone's story is the same. Not everyone's feelings are the same. The practical things that I listed will not work for everyone. You guys know this by now. You know that we just talk about a lot of different options, and you pick what works for you. But at this point, doing nothing is not an option. For another perspective on what it's like to be a single adult, go back and listen to episode 16, where Jamie Lee shares her story, of what it's like to be a single mom. And although we haven't addressed it in a lot of the other episodes, most of the friends we've talked to lately have also been single. Listen to your favorite conversation again with this conversation in mind, because it'll change your perspective when you listen to the conversations of the single adults in your real life. And because the goal of our time together is always to link arms and take one step closer to Jesus, we're gonna end today with a time of reflection. And so singles, I want you to spend some time with the Lord asking questions like this. What's beautiful about my story? Who in my life loves me well? What do I need right now? How have I seen God's faithfulness this week? And those of you who are married, I've got some questions for you as well. What's beautiful about my story? Who are some singles in my world that I can love well? What are some practical steps that I need to take this week? What's something new God showed me from this episode? Thank you all for listening, because this is hard. It was hard results from my insurance. It was a hard conversation on Instagram. This has been a hard podcast to record, but it's an important one. And it's a conversation we need to keep having. So regardless of where you land, my challenge is for you to take this conversation out of your headphones and into your real life. Talk to somebody about it in whatever way that looks like for you. You can send them a link to this episode first and say, hey, I wanna talk to you about this. I would love your thoughts. If you wouldn't mind taking a second, like the episode, share it, follow the podcast, because we're gonna continue to get to know people who are different than we are. We're gonna continue to have hard conversations We're going to continue to meet the Lord together. We'll see you again in two weeks.